Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This is Hemant. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast to support the show. Hello. Welcome back. It's been forever. Oh my God. We're back again. No, no. That's why we had to take off. Um, <laughs> let me give a huge shout out to some of our recent supporters, uh, which who include Keeping the Plates Spinning, username, Denise D, Malleus, Van Var Mar, mm. Ryan B, Nathan, Aaron B, James C, Mitchell R, Joshua S, Leah N, Nicole H. Thank you so much for your recent support. We really appreciate it. Oh my God, it. Professor Nicole Hammer, where I just interviewed you and now you're a sponsor <laughs> of our podcast. It's so kind of you. We'll air that soon. <laughs> I also want to mention that uh, Friday night, July 28th, for anyone who goes on my YouTube channel at Friendly Atheist, I'm going to be doing a live stream where I talk about some of the topics we're going to cover on today's podcast. Also, some other uh, wider breadth of like political news or other things and questions are available. It's a live stream. We'll see how it goes. I'm an old guy learning new technology. Mm-hmm. We'll see. And I'm not there to hold his little hand. So. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, and guess what? Yeah. Pat Robertson is still dead. I just hey, had to cross that off hey, the list. Hey, um, <laughs> It's been weeks. It's been. I have 900. God, I'm so sorry. I have them just packed in. Are Woo. you stuck in the 90s with your music? A, yes. B, it's been a week for me. <laughs> so I am running on like 20% at this point. But 20% listen, works. We just poured a glass of wine. I'm sure that's going to help things for me. <laughs> and uh, let's go. Let's, let's catch this? up on three weeks of stuff so sure. I can do what I need to do, which is talk about the Barbie movie. Absolutely. Which was gang so fucking good. I couldn't believe it. And I truly don't think I can overhype it enough. It's just the best movie I have seen in such a long time. This it, is the first time hearing of it. You'll tell me about it soon. Oh, sure, 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 <laughs> sure. Heaven has been under a literal rock, the Rock of Gibraltar. <laughs> Full of them. Just oh been my stashing God. them up for weeks. I'm sure. I, okay. think, I'm, I, I think I'm burnt out. I think All I'm right. good. So let's start with this story because... Mega cultists are oh, furious at Fox News mm, because they think Fox News is donating money to the Satanic Temple. Let them fight. And the reality right? of <laughs> like, the story, okay. the, yeah, let them fight. But the reality of the story is like, obviously, no, Fox News is not supporting the Satanic Temple. So why are these people dumb enough to think that's actually happening? Okay, now I and guess. that's my favorite part of this story. Okay, here's here's how I heard about this story. Okay. I'm reading Glenn Beck's The Blaze because that's where I go to for all my... about Glenn Beck. What's he up to? Oh, he's still lying. Okay. So here's the headline on The Blaze. Exclusive, all Mm. caps. Fox News whistleblowers expose company support for far-left charities. And in this story... Expose companies... Support. Support. For far-left... Charities. So did like an intern donate to the Satanic Temple in 2007? So we have exclusive in all caps. You have the word whistleblowers. Sure. Phrases in the article include behind closed doors. Mm. So it's like, all right, this should be interesting. What 
what actually happened here? Here's what happens. I'm going to tell you this. You're going to be like, yeah, I know. This is not news. Okay. Oh. A lot of companies, mm-hmm. they want to encourage people in on their staff to give money to charity. Mm-hmm. So what they will do is say, oh, if you give oh, money to a register. they do charity matching. They do charity matching. They say, if you give to charity, we'll match your donation up to a certain amount. The only rule is it's got to be like a registered nonprofit so we can write it off on our taxes, which... To be honest, that's the reason they all do it. Obviously. Right? So they're saying, like, look, if the IRS recognizes your charity, that's all well and good. We'll match it. Okay. So I looked up the actual guidelines at Fox, which are, it's a public document where they, like, you can access it. And what they say is, this is from the document from, like, 2019, but I don't think it's changed much. They actually say in the document, our goal is, quote, to... Give back to the communities in which we live and work and to cultivate an inclusive workplace that mm-hmm. embraces a wide range of ideas and interests. Well, I have a few mm-hmm. problems with that for mm-hmm. saying, but I think we should probably move on <laughs> in service of time. Yeah, I laughed at that because I'm like, really? That's on the document. Okay. So what they say is we will match your I'm donations. They know the word inclusive. I know. I th- thought it was banned. Yeah. Truly. They will match your gifts up to $1,000 mm-hmm. as registered by the third-party group that runs this program for them. Mm-hmm. And they just say, you give to a 501c3 nonprofit that is like IRS-specific, it's registered, it fits the guidelines. If you give $1,000, we'll contribute $1,000 to it, too. Okay. A lot of big companies do this. Sure. SNBC does this, too, just in case anyone's wondering. Okay. So they do have some, like, the document itself does not just end after one sentence, because there are some restrictions here. Okay. Donations, this is funny, donations to groups that discriminate on oh. the basis of gender or sexual orientation. Come on. Not eligible for, for Fox Fox's News? gifts matching. Right. So that actually Ooh. excludes a lot of conservative Christian ministries. Hilarious. That is outstanding news. Yeah. Like, how funny. They have to do it, because that's how you can't discriminate you against just... protected classes. That's a Christian thing to do. <laughs> uh, political groups, No. Religious groups, no. Private charities, no. Like, again, registered nonprofit. If it's a church-based yeah. group that is doing secular work, like we're a church ministry that's that's a food pantry, yeah. that's actually fine. But if it's just like you can't give money to your church and then Fox also donates to your church, that's off limits. Okay. Again, None of that is Sounds weird. Reasonable. All of that is what you would expect at any Still large company. I'm surprised that Fox News has any investment in charity or nonprofit yeah. work because they, they actually oh. had a caveat for mm. faith-based organizations where they were like, "We can't give to your church." However, they said, "We will match gifts to programs operated by like church groups if if here's the qualifications." One, they're open to all individuals in the community regardless of religious belief. So they don't just say we're helping only Christians. Uh, B, serve a secular purpose, like a food pantry or homeless shelter. And C, do not require individuals to become a member of your church to get the benefits. So again, if you're running a homeless shelter for everybody, Uh they don't care if a church does that. They'll donate to that. Mm -hmm. But if you say, like, you got to believe in our God to get the benefits, then no, now it's a church ministry. We can't support that. Okay, again... None of this would be weird if I said, like, Chase Bank is doing it. (laughs) But it's weird because it's Fox News. Right. Like, 
it there these are guidelines written by lawyers and not Sean Hannity. Exactly. <laughs> and none of this should be surprising to anybody. It truly is such a uh, a glaringly obvious indication of what they say versus what they do. Like yeah. they will say this is bullshit all day long, but their lawyers are like we are going to stay within the letter of the <laughs> law. Do not get it twisted. At its heart, Fox News is a corporation yes. with lawyers trying to make money, even if the way they are trying to make money is by feeding lies to America. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. What did these whistleblowers give to the blaze? They were screenshots from the password-protected portal run by the third party that like administers this oh, whole uh-huh. charity-giving program. And basically, what they got screenshots of is... Like, if I want to know, hey, I want to give money to this charity, is it eligible? You can type in the name of a charity, and it'll tell you right off the bat, yeah, this one passes all the guidelines, so you're good if you want to donate here. And, like, there's a database. You could just plug in any charity. It'll say yes or no. Okay. And so what these whistleblowers found is that the Trevor Project, which helps LGBTQ Uh youth, Planned Parenthood, the Satanic Temple, these are all eligible for matching contributions. Okay. Because they function like other registered nonprofits. I'm still waiting for the justification of this This headline. This is the actual writing in the blaze. According to two current Fox News employees and one former Fox News producer, all three of whom spoke to the blaze on the condition of anonymity for fear of reprisals for the company, these same groups have ostensibly been eligible for a charitable top-up from Fox. One source provided screenshots confirming the allegations, and two sources provided corroborating testimony. All of that sounds like they uncovered something like nefarious and secret. Wait, did and they even like, prove that anybody donated to this? We'll get to that. Sounds but like all they... they found is one of the bazillion Fox News employees logged into the management like yeah. system for Fox, and they're like, I got screenshots of the charity matching program. And there's a charity that Sean Hannity and Tucker would not like. And so I got screenshots of it and I sent it to the right wing news outlet. And they're like, we Um, uncovered something secret. But really what they did was find a database of registered nonprofits. Pretty much. Like if your boss at a company sent an all staff email, that's not meant for the public. It's meant for the people at the company. Fucking Nellie Bly out here doing the hard reporting. (laughs) And then someone took a screenshot of the boss's email that Uh says, hey, everyone, you did a good job this week. And then they're like, you guys, I found an email you were not supposed to see. And I'm passing it off to some like propaganda. This was an episode of Community, actually. Probably was. This is truly. None of this is news. None of this is a scoop. How did this... They make it sound like How did this even get a retweet? I know. Let alone a headline. Uh, by the way, I looked this up too. MSNBC, yes, it has the same kind of charitable uh, matching program. They will match your donations up to $12,000, <laughs> interestingly enough. <laughs> that tracks. Uh-huh. But um, if MSNBC said, yeah, we'll give money to like whatever Ben Shapiro's group is, right. which, by the way, would probably be a registered nonprofit, I'm sure... It wouldn't be news yeah. because the rules are like we just donate to charity. And also, you're in, like, it's not like a regime. You don't have to toe the company line in every respect. In a, right, you right. can, I can be the tech guy for <laughs> for some like third right. rate Fox News show and still be like, oh, I'm not going to vote for Trump. And there's like, plenty of stories about people right. who work for those Is shows, work for the. Uh, Fox organization yeah. who don't give a shit about Fox's politics. They just want the job. Of course. And that's fine. And so if those people want to give 
they don't share the politics. Right. I mean, listen, I might roll my eyes or raise my eyebrows at the fact that they work there, but I get that people just need a job and this is what they do. And listen, it's, it's like late stage capitalism. Right. We're all dealing with it together. Is there something I'm missing? This is very important. Oh, to no, me. you got the whole story. That's it. There's That's no. It. I'm going to quote from the blaze from again. From what I'm hearing, nobody actually did. We don't know. Donate. We'll get to that. So one, this is from The Blaze again. One current, they didn't one current employee stressed, Fox pretends to care about Christians, but some of the stuff they push internally suggests otherwise. Another part of, another oh quotation. God. It offends me personally that this company acts like they support Christians, and yet they're literally willing to match a $1,000 donation to the Satanic Temple. I was reading Charisma, the crazy Christian news outlet. Their uh-huh. headline, for uh, their, they actually asked in the article, will Fox News lose millions of more viewers in light of this report of favoring the Satanic Temple? Maybe. Maybe. That's uh, fine. No, okay. no is the answer. So to answer your question, has anyone given to the Satanic Temple? Mm. The Blaze did not find any of that evidence. Even with those hard-hitting journalists? Even with the whistleblowers, they found no evidence wow. of it. Um, and, and there's no reason to think that anyone who works at Fox, certainly anyone in a position of power mm-hmm. at Fox who actually might give a shit about the company's mission, there's no reason to think anyone's donated to the Satanic Temple or Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. I asked the Satanic Temple, hey, have you gotten any of this sweet, sweet Fox money? Here's what Lucian Greaves told me. It is unlikely that it has ever happened, and it is unlikely that we would ever know because it would come from a third party yeah. anyway and Perfect. like whatever. Um, That's exactly he, correct. <laughs> he also uh, said... Uh, that, oh, he also said, like, with Blaze Media and Newsmax attempting to usurp Fox News mm-hmm. and with their willingness to employ conspiracy theories and purity spirals to do so, yada, yada, like, basically saying they're just trying to raise up yeah, anger against Fox. He's are. right. Um, so, after The Blaze this published this hard hitting so news. embarrassing for everybody. Oh, wait, it gets worse. Fox no, News saw that article and the outrage Jesus it generated. Christ. And Come Fox on. changed its policy to exclude the Satanic Temple from gift matching. And then they said, oh, by the way, the Billy oh, Graham. No. The Billy Graham now evangel- is their Baphomet <laughs> statue going to be funded from? And the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association huh? is now eligible when it wasn't before. I don't really know what wow. they did. Did they just flick a switch somewhere, flip a switch or like... I don't know how you could just say, well, this one charity we're not going to support, oh, but Planned um, Parenthood is okay. Oh, I don't it's know. just a line of code. Um, they have no morals or values, <laughs> so they didn't have to ask permission or go through a process. Like, they just react to whatever is currently happening, sweetie. It's as okay. someone who is not an it's investigative confusing. reporter, if the Blaze actually wanted to break a news story here, they would have found some proof of a Fox employee in a position of significance actually donating to any of these left-leaning groups Even, and then Fox yeah. matching it. That would have been an interesting story. I would yeah. be curious to read that. They did not find that. Their entire, quote, bombshell article amounts to people sharing screenshots of a really otherwise boring company policy. And well, then Fox falling for their own bullshit. I mean, truly, Woodward and Bernstein are so proud right now. Uh-huh, I'm sure, yeah. So... Hilarious story wow, made me laugh. That is so embarrassing. Oh, it was great. Remember when we interviewed a guy from the Blaze back in the day? He was fun. He was fun. <laughs> Him and the Veggie Tail guys are like two of my favorite right? guests that we've had. Right. <laughs> Last weekend, I had my in laws over and we needed to make dinner in a crunch. Instead of ordering out, we did something even easier thanks to Butcher Box. 
we were able to grab just what we needed and exactly how much we needed from the freezer. After that, everything else was a breeze. You too can skip the grocery store knowing you have the food you trust and the food you chose in your freezer. I know that might sound strange coming from me since I'm vegetarian, but they have a high-quality veggie burger that I absolutely love. They have options for pescatarians, too. And if you eat everything, that's also okay. The food from ButcherBox is high-quality, grass-fed, and free-range. Have peace of mind knowing there are no antibiotics or added hormones. Sign up at ButcherBox.com friendly and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com friendly and use code FRIENDLY to choose your free-for-a-year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Uh, so here's some interesting news from Gallup. They have a poll on Americans' belief in five spiritual entities, God, heaven, hell, angels, and Satan. And basically, do you all believe Wait, in God, this God, heaven, hell, angels, angels, Satan? The devil, yep. Jesus is not... Nope, they just okay. stuck it to supernatural ideas, not religion-specific. That's a and basically, very interesting survey. The question is, do you believe in this? Are you not sure about it, or do you not believe in it? Do right? they uh, clarify, like, do you believe in it literally? Nope, they do just you... say, do you believe in God? Okay. Do you believe in heaven? Okay. All that stuff. Okay. And what they found is that all five of those have hit record lows hmm. for the first time. Belief cool. in God since 2001 has dropped from 90% to 74%. Which implies that more than a quarter of Americans are either unsure or reject the idea of God altogether. I mean, listen, 9-11 changed all of us. <laughs> I was, so I was wondering about that after 9-11. I mean, at 2001, it was 90%. Mm-hmm. At 2000, 2004, when they did the survey, mm-hmm. also at 90%. And the dip kind of started happening, uh, and it... Literally, when I started going to college, it is when it dipped. <laughs> Literally, when like right. our peer peer group started becoming like, adults. There's it just, just a mirror. steady downhill. It's not like there was a big hockey stick going down mm-hmm. at one point. Um, belief in the devil <laughs> saw the belief in the devil had a slight rise during the George W. Bush administration. That's Take that as you will. Very funny. But that's dropped from seventy percent high to fifty eight percent today. Okay. Which is funny um, because 69% of Americans believe in angels. So more people believe in angels (laughs) than the devil, even even though that's essentially the same type of thing. Yeah, it's in this. They like their glass half full bullshit. Not to to, um, um, expose my my massive ignorance, but I know Judaism doesn't have hell, right? Are there any other religions that like inherently do not have those? That's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. Obviously, like Hinduism and things like that, but I'm just thinking in the Christian umbrella. Um, There have been some controversies. The Judeo-Christian umbrella, I mean. There are some big controversies in the world of evangelical Christianity where someone said, I don't think hell exists. Uh, Mm. There was a famous pastor, Rob Bell, who basically made that allegation years ago, and then evangelical Christians kicked him out of evangelical Christian, like cancel culture the hell out of that guy. Yeah. Uh, there was another preacher who was like, Isn't I don't think hell exists. I've heard it's like not exactly described, like the a hell that we all kind of imagine, the Futurama hell. I've heard it's many different depictions one. of hell, 
And it doesn't matter because none of the people they're interviewing yeah, here give a shit. Talk about it, These Evan? are normal, regular Americans, none of whom read the Bible. About philosophy. Please right? don't tell me more bad Not news. Not this show. So, but funny that more people believe in angels Very than the devil. Very interesting. Fifty-one percent of all of Americans believe in all of it, but only fifty-one percent believe in all five of those things. Wow. Eleven percent reject all five of those things. Wow, that's much lower than I would think. Yeah. Fifty-one percent, uh, you mean? No, no, no. no. Being the, lower? You said eleven. What, what's Fifty-one percent believe in all five. They believe in all the but bullshit. But eleven percent believe in zero. Eleven percent believe in none what's of those. What's the things. rate of atheists? Aren't we closer to twenty percent? Atheists is like four percent. Oh. The nuns that you're so talking about are closer to 20, 25, 30. Got you. And the nuns and the maybe nuns and, having some holdover of, yeah, oh, I don't believe in... The nuns believe in a lot of bullshit. Yeah. Well. So, okay. I will say all of this matches with what other surveys have found, too. Pew Research Center has found 29% of Americans, to go back to what you're saying, have no religious affiliation at all. Mm. But... um I was just trying to work off of, like, why is this happening? That's a big question. There's all sorts of reasons people are losing their faith in a lot of these things, is not any, just God. Is there any reason this is a different discussion than just saying don't believe in God or whatever? Is it What was the value that they I, were looking for? Like, what, 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 what were they trying to figure out by Nothing. dividing? It's Gallup. They're just trying to figure out. We're just... Following just, up on questions we've been asking for years. Do you believe in God? We just want an answer, yes or no, okay. or not sure. And we'll take not sure as an answer. So do you think being this is valuable information? I mean, I'm not, yeah, I'm not trying I mean, to say it's that, another, but what, what do you think we can parse out of this that is different from the, just... The trend is continuing. This is not something where like, oh, the new atheism thing happened in the late 2000s, mm -hmm. and then it kind of, we stopped doing that. No, no, no. All these numbers are going down. Mm. The, uh, granted, we don't have numbers like right before the pandemic, right be after or whatever, but like sure. the trends are still going down for all of these. I don't know how much lower they can go or will go, yeah. but I think the interesting thing here is every time they do any of these surveys, any of these reputable polling groups do any of these surveys, mm. for years and years now, it's always been the same answer, which is fewer Americans believe in generic supernatural bullshit, which mm -hmm. is what this one's saying. Um, Pew Research and PRI will get into specifics of the different religious beliefs themselves, mm -hmm. and those are always going lower. So it's just interesting that it doesn't matter what is happening in the culture, but it's just constantly heading downward. Um, again, the fact that only half of Americans believe in all of these things that yeah. I feel like I used to just take for granted for that granted. everyone believes in all of this stuff. God, like, the devil, no. angels, heaven, hell. Right. And I should say, mm. they're not looking for logical consistency here. Sure. There are some atheists uh, who will say, label, my label is an atheist, who do believe in some of this stuff. Um, Pew Research found in 2017 that among people who don't believe in God... 9% believed in a higher power, which is weird. No, that's not weird. I, if you sense. talk to other human beings in the world, that right. would um, definitely, uh, that tracks with the people I know. I, I believe that. I mean, again, we're trying to trying to find logical consistency here, yeah. but most Americans aren't. They're just living. So, like, their answers will be logically inconsistent because I, I, it doesn't matter. I do think that we often operate in a in a space where we're always thinking about religion and the religious implications mm -hmm. and, and all of that shit. And a lot, a lot, a lot of people 
just don't even think about it. I think like, it's just not part of their It's also frustrating day. and true of politics because for all the stuff we might follow about what's happening in the day-by-day, mm-hmm. like what's Biden doing? What are the poll numbers? Sure. Most Americans have no idea who any of the candidates are. If I said Marjorie sure. Taylor Greene said this crazy shit, most people have no clue who she is. Honestly, I said Barbenheimer to like eight people over the last week and I was met with just blank looks by everybody. Nice. Like I was way too deep into the internet <laughs> this week. A couple things that shouldn't surprise you, but it's worth pointing out. When we talk about people who believe in all five of those supernatural entities, uh, Gallup also found Protestants believe in that stuff more than Catholics. Fre- uh, frequent churchgoers. Ooh, wait, Catholics all five. Yep. Protestants believe in all five more than Catholics That's believe correct. in all five. Interesting. Yep. Okay. Can um, I can I uh, spin on that a little bit? Because I'm wondering Catholics if... don't believe in a lot of this stuff. You know what? 60% of Catholics believe in the devil. The thing is... Only 60. I think I know a lot of adult, quote-unquote, Catholics who are like the you know Christmas and Easter kind of Catholics yeah. who... Though, like, I was raised, I would say, culturally Catholic. I know a lot of the traditions, um, all of those things, but I just wasn't educated in it. But I know it's part of, like, my understanding of the world. I I bet it's people, just like we were saying, of, like, I don't know, I'm Catholic, I guess. I was raised Catholic, I was baptized, I did the communion shit. But, no, I don't go to church. What percentage of Catholics believe in God, according to this poll? These are people who call themselves Catholics. 80%. 85. Huh. That's a, that's a large chunk of Catholics who don't believe 15% in God. 15% of Catholics are atheists. Mm-hmm. See, this R. backs I. up P. my... Sinead. Well, oh, my God. <laughs> Listen, I am devastated by this. She had such a hard life, and um, Take Me to Church is such Can an you incredible song. add to the list yep. for bonus topics? Yep. I want to talk about her. Okay. Um, also, people... We did have... Oh, we should re-air our We're Sorry, Sinead episode in tribute to her. <laughs> Remember when we did that? That was a while ago, yeah. yeah. Um, people without a college degree are more likely to believe in this stuff than college graduates. Republicans more than Democrats. People in households that make under 40000 a year are more likely to believe this stuff than people making over 100000 Um, Adults 55 and older more than younger ones. And women more than men, except when it comes to the devil, when both numbers are the same, which was amusing. 58% of men and women believe in the devil. But where do they differ and who... They differ in all other categories. Women are slightly more likely to believe in all of those things. In all things. of them, except yep. for the devil. Except for the devil. Well... Which had the lowest approval rating. God, I want to sit with that for a little bit. I wonder uh, why that is. I mean, when it comes to God, 79% of women, 70% of men. When it comes to huh. angels, uh, 76% of women, 64% of men. Bigger jump? Slightly, slightly bigger jump. Um, hmm. When it comes to uh, heaven, 72% of women believe in it, 63% of men. This goes on for a while. So can you overall, I don't know if you have them in front of me, can you rank what people believe in most to least? So God, God I is the is most, most. Yeah, pretty much everyone who believes in Wait, some form guess. of bullshit. We're make this it's, a game. It's, it won't surprise you. Okay, um, well, then I'll be really fucking good go. at the game. Okay, so it's going to go. Who's the God. most popular? Most popular is God. Yep. Second is heaven. Third is hell. Fourth is the devil, fifth is angels. No, angels is number two. Really? They believe in God. They also believe in angels. It sounds very nice. And for the same reason, I would Uh, argue, they also believe in heaven. That's number three on the list of beliefs. Then hell, they don't want to believe in hell. And then they definitely don't want to believe in the devil. Oh, see, I feel like the devil is a more active participant Mm. in people's lives. Because every time um, any conservative complains about a thing, they're saying it's the devil who did it. So that's why I assume the devil was like... 
I wonder if the poll saying the devil, like it's it's a dude mm. as opposed to just something uh, else evil, metaphorical. Capital E. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. So interesting. I mean, the dominoes are still falling. Sure. The chain hasn't, the whole domino chain hasn't gone down yet. But mm. I mean, if you're a religious leader, I don't know what you do to fix this if you want people to change their views because nothing you're doing yeah. is working. And uh, I mean, as someone who covers what they do, um, <laughs> you're not helping your cause. No kidding. With so much of what you do. So uh, here's another story. I'm so excited to talk about this because this guy annoys the hell out of me because he's <laughs> brown. Um, Vivek Ramaswamy, who's the Republican. Do you know what he does? He's running for president. Do you what, know he who he is? for a living? Yeah. No, is he like a... A mountaintop exploder guy. What, what are those? What? The explosion mining that they do? Oh, does he do that sort of thing? No. Yeah. Uh, no, he's a biotech entrepreneur. Okay. He's super rich. So he decided the next step was I want to be president uh, for the MAGA crowd. And a Republican? He's a Republican. Um, his whole pitch Boy, to Republican... Your people really jump dude, ship quickly once I they get say, rich, huh? I don't say this often, but dude should have been a doctor. What are you doing? I mean, it's true, you guys. <laughs> his whole pitch to Republican primary voters is he's young, he's sl- he's like 37. Uh, yeah. So extremely young yeah. and probably at his peak of life. Right. Like young, me. slick, full of the same bullshit grievances mm. as typical Fox News conservatives. Homelessness and, is inconvenient to, inconvenient to him personally, right, that kind right. of thing. And he's an alternative to Donald Trump, which I don't know if Republicans have figured this out yet. Nobody wants from their base. Yeah. Like, so anyway, that's his thing. So for, in, if you're looking at a poll of Republican primary voters, one of them had Trump support at 52%. Mm. DeSantis is at 12. Hilarious. Really? Uh-huh. And Ramaswamy's at 10%. That's, what? Yeah. That's the highest I've seen for him. But the fact but that... But he's only two points down away. from DeSantis? Right. Right, right, right. Like, that should be embarrassing as hell if you're Ron DeSantis. Oh, speaking of being embarrassed about Ron DeSantis, I realized recently I didn't really know what he looked like. I thought he was the last Florida governor who looked like a snake. That's, oh, that's Voldemort. That's Rick Scott. Rick that's Scott. the guy in the Senate I've been, now. I've been imagining the current mm. governor as Rick Scott because that's just how I imagine a white man in power is basically snake. They all look like, like Voldemort. Yes. <laughs> um, so anyway, he, on paper, if you're looking, if Trump wasn't in the picture, uh. I can see why this guy might be an appealing candidate for Republicans because he's young. He's the son of Indian immigrants. So it's like, it gets to stave off accusations that we're a racist party or something. And he gets to do that. Well, we came over the right way, yeah, exactly. which is exactly. first-generation Americans' yep. favorite drum to he's, hit. He's a self-made multimillionaire, someone who takes every culture Billionaire with a B? A millionaire, millionaire with, with an, an M. M. He's okay. not that special. Um, Listen, I don't know. <laughs> he takes every culture war grievance, irrational position. He's, he uses the word, like, every sentence is subject, verb, woke, every <laughs> okay, sentence. Right? He's, he's one of those He's a walking people. Mad Libs. Yes. Um, and unlike all these other people, he did not incite an insurrection or commit any major crimes. So like on paper is so low, (laughs) but like he's not Trump. So GOP primary voters do not care that much about him. But the funniest thing about his candidacy right now is he is Hindu. And that is kind of funny because he's trying to win over a whole bunch of voters who are part of the Christian right. You know what else is interesting? Hmm. You said his name is Vivek? Yep. We got Bobby Jindal. We got Nikki Haley. He He didn't Americanize his name or anglicize his name, I should say. I'm kind of curious what his white name will has been. Victor. 
Like, right. Like, it's got to be something. Like, I what's feel a like Starbucks I know a name? lot of brown guys who go by Vic. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know what a Starbucks name is. I don't know the answer. But he's going with the Vic. Well, yours for is him. Bob. So I don't know if you can necessarily, like, <laughs> extrapolate from the clues. So the New York Times did a profile on this guy. And they talked to voters, I think, in Iowa, where he was campaigning. Uh, and they were talking to voters. Like, so are you bothered by this at all? Or do you not care? Because he's your Republican dude. Here's what one voter said. Oh, God. I looked up his religion and saw he's Hindu. I was going to vote for him until that came up. What the country needs is to be put back under God, this voter said, and he doesn't want to take a chance on someone who's not Christian. At that point, this voter said, I got back on President Trump's train. And the funniest thing about that comment... It's the most predictable thing anybody could have ever heard in their entire... I could have scripted that word for word. (laughs) But this guy's like, well, I don't know about this Vivek guy because he's not Christian. I'm going to go with Donald Trump. The super Christian... Like, who is less... Yeah, but he's white, Hammond. (laughs) But he's white and his... And he Donald doesn't believe Trump. in anything with lots of arms. He's scared <laughs> of all the arms. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Donald Trump, who famously doesn't give a shit about Christianity and doesn't know anything about it. Yeah, but he's white. But so... he's white. So, and here's the thing. The New York Times covered Ramaswamy trying to, like, how do you toe this line? How do you convince all these voters to go for you? And here's his argument. I would say I feel bad for him, yeah. but, like, yeah, he brought it don't. upon himself. And here's the thing. He said... He openly says, I'm not Christian. I was not raised in a Christian household. But the way he's trying to win over all these voters is he says things like, we do share the same Christian values that this nation was founded on. Oh, bud. And then he We've goes on. That. He refers to Bible stories. He talks about the crucifixion of Jesus. He My quotes Thomas Aquinas. My dude is going to become a born again in five years. <laughs> Guys, mark it. It's yeah. in tw- by 2028. If he, my dude is still on the scene, he's going to be a born again Christian. And then he does this thing where he contrasts, quote, religions like ours that have like withstood the test of time with the competing worldviews of, quote, Wokeism, climatism, transgenderism, gender ideology, and COVIDism. Oh, othering. Mm-hmm. The classic way to yeah. ingratiate yourself into yeah. new people. His I'm sorry, pitch and is, I know Christians, I... you have an old, steady, traditional religion. You know what? So do I. And two of us, we're going to work together to defeat everyone else. He and throws sorry. everyone else under the bus. And Christians, conservative Christians, love nothing more than hating other people. I just so need to moonwalk back to that list that you gave me. And did I hear yes. COVIDism? COVIDism. It's where you care about a disease and try to prevent it. And this is a religion of wokeness. Are they still complaining about that? Oh, yeah. That? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, nobody's really making anybody mask fucking anywhere anymore. I like, know. what are you still They're mad, mad about? that anyone did anything to prevent deaths uh, during COVID, it's including when information was hard to come by. Yeah. And people were just trying to make the best of a bad situation. Yeah. Uh, so they're all mad about any of that. Sure. I should say, one of the evangelical leaders in Iowa, who's like a big name in the Christian right world, Bob Vanderplatz, uh, he spoke positively of Ramaswamy. So did uh, David Brody of the Christian Broadcasting Network, who was nothing but a Trump propagandist for several years. Like, they've said nice things about this guy. But, but We're going to see has Reverend been... Vic Swain run for president <laughs> in 2028. Wouldn't put it past you. Well, put it past him. But the funniest thing is there are some right-wing places, uh, right-wing watches covered this, where they've, like, there's a, a show called Flashpoint, hosted by this Christian nationalist guy, Gene Bailey. He interviewed Vivek Ramaswamy for his show, 
And then the next broadcast, he had to open up and basically apologize and explain himself. For hosting a brown person? Basically, person? He, he said to his audience, this program is based 100% on the Christian Bible. And you need to know that when someone of another faith begins to gain popularity, like, you need to know about that. So that's why I interviewed the brown guy who's a Hindu. And like... Wait, why were people mad? They were mad that he brought on this guy as like, in a positive light. Like, I want to talk about these issues. And he didn't, I don't think, criticize Vivek Ramaswamy for being for Hindu. Even though it was a Christian nationalist. What nation. the fuck is wrong with yeah. these people? Like, we bring on Christians and con- sometimes conservative people. Like, you're allowed to talk to... Right, and you're again... You're allowed to hear... The, oh, but they the don't like being worldly. Gene, That's the, the problem. They don't want to be exposed to it. Gene Bailey was talking to huh. Vivek Ramaswamy because they both share the same culture war bullshit grievances. Sure. And they're both, like, hardcore Republicans. And that... He must have gotten backlash from his normal viewers mm. for hosting a Hindu without calling him out on his Hinduism. I do not know how he could possibly thread the needle of winning over a nation of white supremacist Christian nationalists by just like jerking them off with, oh, we're both, no, I believe and in yet, a serpent. Like, and yet that's what Donald Trump did. It's like, you yeah, know, but, I'm not one of you, really. No, but, but I but need you to remember that Donald Trump is white so, <laughs> and a name and a celebrity. Sure. More importantly, I think he was a celebrity. True. I was also wondering, like, well, d- what did they do with Mitt Romney, who he's Mormon, but plenty of the evangelicals would say he's not Christian. Um, and it didn't seem to matter. Like, it Mitt really Romney didn't. lost by a little bit, but he lost. But, like, he didn't lack support from Republicans no, but w- because I, of his Mormonism. It, was, it wasn't a deal breaker. I really think it was Obama's second term when we really got whipped into a fervor about white nationalism. I think it's when more of the birtherism stuff was around the 2012 election. Plenty of flaws. So, so I'm, I'm ju- ju- I guess did I'm just Mitt saying Romney is... get hurt among Republicans for oh, being I Mormon and not asking. an evangelical Christian or pretending to be one? And the answer is no. I mean, he got. I don't think so. He yeah. actually got the support of ninety six percent of Republican voters before wow. the election, and exit polls showed him getting ninety three percent of the Republican vote. That's Mitt Romney. Um, so it's like, look, I think when it comes down to it, if Vivek Ramaswamy were to somehow be the Republican nominee. Mm. I don't think it would matter to Republicans. I think they would be like, yeah, we're tolerant. We like these brown Hindu people because they share the things we actually care about, which it turns out is not religion. It's just hating as many other people who are not like us. I mean... And he shares that, and he's going to fight for that. It's true. You, I mean, and the Republican Party is definitely a repar- uh, party of tokenism. We ha- I mean, they had the one black guy before they killed him with COVID. Uh, <laughs> They did. They had the one. Like, I feel like there's, like, one of those women is, like, Hispanic, even though she's blonde or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they'll they'll have a token person here and there as long as they toe the party line. Right. And remember, Mike Pence is the stereotypical evangelical Christian. Yeah, but he's a charisma black hole. And they hate him. Ron DeSantis is Catholic. And they hate him because he's not Trump. Do people hate him? Oh, Republicans. Republicans hate DeSantis? I thought they were... They don't like him. Like a whole nose and vote for him. I hate him. I hate him. Like not, but like they're just you're not Trump and you're just a horrible candidate. But again, if the argument is Vivek Ramaswamy's Hinduism would work against him, 
The answer is not if he's the only option on the ballot and your other option is like Joe Biden. I don't... Republicans are not going to be like, I'm sitting this one out. I don't think the Mitt Romney comparison is necessarily fair. Again... Because he's a white dude? Because he's a white, handsome, genial dude. Uh And he, again, successful in people's spheres before he ran for president. He wasn't an outsider, right? He was a politician as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was white. I, I think I, I think it comes down to that. He was white. His name was, I mean, Mitt is a banana's name. But, like, he has a name that they can look at and understand. Like, I think it comes down to people are so fucking deeply racist that the distinction between Mormonism and Mormonism and Christianity and Hinduism and Christianity <laughs> feels different because most Mormons are white and most Hindus are brown. That is my opinion on so, what would pop off. And I don't interestingly think that enough, Mitt Romney thinks a fair comparison. Nikki Haley, South Carolina governor, former uh, governor, also running for president as a Republican, also Indian, has gone out of her way to like seem less foreign, changing her first name. Mm. She converted religions. Did she? And she, Republicans don't give a shit about her. No. She's not well, she's anywhere in the she's a brown woman. Polls. That's a twofer. But it's interesting that Ramaswamy's like doubling what she has in terms of support. So this yeah. just goes back to like, it's it's amusing to me that he's a Hindu. It's not the only, it's not important in yeah. the grand scheme of things. But it's hilarious to me that white evangelicals who... There's a few that'll be like, well, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. It's weird to mm-hmm. me. But but I do not think it would be a deal breaker because if he were to be the nominee or if Trump I mean, stumbles, that is a different question, right? Yeah. If he's the only option, that's a completely different question. Also, I'm sorry, I white, I white-splained racism to a brown <laughs> person. Good job, Jess. Let me rephrase that, though. Like, okay. even before the prime, even during the primary when he's not the only option... Mm-hmm. I think any lack of support he has, if he has 10% support or 5% support, I don't think his lack of going up is because he's brown or he's Hindu. I think it's because he's not Trump. And other people haven't heard of him unless you're, like, addicted online or you watch Fox News every day. I don't think it's either or. So, like, I'm kind of surprised that it's not hurting him as much as I would have guessed it would. Yeah, I mean, truly, the fact that he's only two points behind DeSantis is really blowing my mind right now. Imagine how embarrassed DeSantis so is. If he felt shame, if he was capable of feeling shame, that would be hilarious. Um, Here's an interesting story from Fort Worth, Texas. If you visit downtown Fort Worth, you would see a number of banners hanging from lampposts advertising a bunch of local groups or local events. Mm-hmm. The city has very specific rules about the banners that can go up on the lampposts. But basically, if you're a registered nonprofit group and you have a big event coming up and you pay the fees and whatever, yeah, you can put up your signs on these posters. Like nice, free, local advertising in a place a lot of people will see it. So the Metroplex atheists, which cover that area, they wanted to put up a banner a couple of banners, advertising an event coming up at the end of August, and it's about the dangers of Christian nationalism. Hmm. And it features, like, a professor, uh, Dr. Bradley Onishi. It has a uh, Reverend Dr. Katie Hayes, who's another author, and also a local atheist group leader, Randall Theo. So they have this panel discussion on the dangers of Christian nationalism. They did all the paperwork. I want to be clear, in Fort Worth, Texas? Yep. Yikes. Yep. But it's Fort Worth. It's one of those blue islands, right? Um, the city rejected yeah, the request. The city rejected the request, which is also weird because they okayed a similar banner 
uh, for Kenneth Copeland Ministries to highlight oh. an event not that long ago. It's so weird. I've never seen any kind of uh, display of favoritism before, <laughs> especially in Texas. So the Metroplex atheists have now sued the city of Fort Worth, basically saying we did everything to meet the city's banner policy. We were denied purely on trumped-up claims nowhere in the policy and to disguise their prejudice. And the thing they're talking about is that when they actually met with someone in the city, he said that the reason the city was rejecting these banners was because their event lacked sufficient, and I'm quoting here, magnitude for a banner hanging. Like, what does that mean? Does that mean your event isn't important enough that it wouldn't draw in as big of a crowd? Boy, that must have been a 10-hour brainstorming session of what word can we (laughs) use to reject them? And the thing is, nowhere in the city's banner policy does it say anything that could even possibly be about magnitude. And also, the most abstract concept they possibly could mm-hmm. have used. What's been magnitude. What's been interesting is the like local newspapers in uh. Fort Worth have like run opinion pieces. They've written an editorial about this controversy. And all of them universally have been like, yeah, this is a dumb move by the city because the atheists are right. They did everything you wanted them to do. Of course. Um, this would not have been a controversy had you just said yes because they followed all your rules. And uh, what the hell are you doing, city? And the city's like, we're not responding to anyone at all. Really? They're like, we're defending our position. I don't know what they're doing right now. So they're now. doubling down. Or they're not doubling, doubling down, down right but they're now. certainly not. But, uh, Interesting. I, I have no idea what they're thinking here. It's what just a, a dumb idea. idea. Uh, Bradley Onishi, one of the people participating in the panel for the Christian nationalism thing, told me, it signals that those who are not in the majority do not have the same rights as others. The advertisements for the seminar mm-hmm. do not include racist symbols or violent imagery. They are protected under the Constitution's guarantee to free speech, and the basis for rejecting them is specious, uh, which yeah. is absolutely true. The funniest thing is, like, Christian nationalists, apparently, in this local government, tried suppressing a seminar on the dangers of Christian nationalism and it looks like if all goes correctly, yeah. this will backfire on them. I don't know how, but like it's no one would have cared about this if of they course. just said yes. Could you uh, would you say this is somebody gunning for a Supreme Court type case or and if not like the person who said the magnitude thing? Uh, yeah, no. like so you talk about a lot of like, oh, they filed this lawsuit, they know they're mm-hmm. gonna lose and they wanna appeal up to the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. And is, is that, that why the city might be saying no? That's what I'm asking. Um, and if and if not, how can you tell? I mean, look, I don't know why the city is doing this. Mm-hmm. It, it seems like a long shot even in any part of Texas to say this is their this is the first part of a longer end game. Uh-huh. Um I don't th- I, I don't know what their reason is for rejecting okay. it, because the magnitude one makes no sense. But also, I find it hard to imagine any court, even like Trump-appointed judges, could justify saying no to this, even under some other, like, well, we'll let this slide under this rationale. Like, no, there's no justification for this. They followed the rules, and the city had a shitty reason for saying no. How can you let them get away with it? I don't know that the Supreme Court or any lower court is going to be like, "Eh, we'll give it to the city. Okay, because that's a question I want to come back to, because a lot of times you'll come and say, like, uh, but I guess it's when Liberty University or whoever gets involved in something is when you think it's going to be a play Yeah, if one of those right-wing Christian legal groups got involved, maybe this is part of a longer game. No one's getting involved here yet. So this is probably more likely people just being ignorant of how the law works and... Like, 
either it's, it's either it's of ignorance a- or stupidity and or I d- fear like, of atheists yeah et and i don't know which it is but man just a dumb idea altogether yeah. wow um, let me go to an amusing scary uh weird story here this is one of those hate preachers but he said something that surprised me it wasn't anti-gay it was just stupid <laughs> um this is a hate preacher named duncan urbanic he runs a church in texas uh, one of those, like, strip mall churches. Yeah, you're going to want to hear this. Um, and basically, he was telling his congregation that, like, divorce can never happen. It's never on the table. You must never do it. I'm going to play this clip for you because he's telling... The, he, here's what he does not say. He does not say, look, marriage is tough, and if times get tough, you should work through it. Do not get divorced. That's not what he was saying. Okay. He's saying, nope, it's just not an option for anybody. And I'm going to just... Here, I'm going to play the clip. It's about a minute and a half long, and then we'll talk about it. But holy crap, here's what he says to women. So if you've been married for a period of time, and you just don't like your spouse, you don't get along together, and you hate each other's guts, or they're unfaithful to you, I'm sorry, but you cannot divorce them. It doesn't matter what the cause is. What God had joined together, let not man put us under. I don't even care if the person is a reprobate and they hate God, and they hate you, and they if, even if they're like an axe murderer, you cannot legally divorce them in the sight of God. Now, here's the thing. If, if you know, your spouse turns out to be some kind of reprobate axe murderer, then I'm not going to stay in the same house. You know, I'm going to flee and go on the other side of the world. But you know what I'm not, you know, you shouldn't do is divorce them because that would be adultery, right? You would just essentially separate from that person because you're in danger of your life i mean if they're abusing your children get away from that person but you know what you wouldn't have the grounds to actually get a divorce you would just separate from that person protect yourself and your family even in that extreme situation you still don't have the ability to get a divorce i feel like he heard it (laughs) like he heard himself he heard how bad it sounded and was like sort of trying to tap dance around Mm -hmm. the I don't care if he's an axe murderer which is rough. Just to explain, he said if your spouse is an axe murderer, you might want to get away from that person go somewhere safe. If they're abusing your children, you should get away from them physically but you can't divorce them. That would be Which is insane that is insanity uh they have no problem with physical separation as long as the paperwork is still uh good that's what god truly cares about apparently i mean okay first of all what he said in my understanding is not unusual it's not uh dissimilar to what many christians believe catholic certainly catholic doctrine says you cannot get divorced right there are a lot of conservative religions yeah like this guy admittedly runs a fringe church Mm -hmm. with a fringe movement. But that principle of like divorce is never on the table Mm -hmm. is something that is pretty common to a lot of big conservative type churches. Mm -hmm. And as we have seen so many times over the past several years, especially from women, some of whom are in the religion still, but a lot of whom have left, it's that all that stuff just, it was all excuses mm-hmm. for abuse mm-hmm. and to stay in a relationship that was abusive, whether it's physical or emotional or whatever. And like once they left the religion or once they separated anyway, mm-hmm. despite the religion, things were better because mm-hmm. they needed to get out of there. But their whole point is what those women are saying is like, 
my church told me I should stick with a broken marriage Mm -hmm. for whatever reason because this idea that longevity was the only goal of marriage was like the thing that I had to follow and not being happy and Uh, not being with someone who loves me. feeling safe. Yeah. Or being safe, not even feeling safe, being physically safe. Right. You know, maybe it's just because I've, we've taken a couple weeks off of recording and I've not like I'm off, not off Twitter, but I don't go on cause it's nothing there. Uh huh. I, I, I feel like I'm hearing these things with fresh ears <laughs> and I just cannot help but think like, girl run, what are you fucking doing? Like, and I know that's victim blaming. It's not okay, but it just, you're going to sit there and let a man tell you, even if your husband is a ex murderer, Mm-hmm. You just got to avoid the axe. You, you just see. have to. And the other thing that he, the, the the unsaid part of it was, oh, you have to go across the world. You can never have sex again. You can never be in a romantic mm. relationship again. Mm-hmm. But you can get away from your husband. You still have to be married. Mm-hmm. And you can, again, to be clear, you can have no other romantic relationships ever in your entire life. Otherwise, you're going to hell. But you can move to Bermuda if you need to. Like, right. it's just... On its like, he heard it right. You could hear in his voice. He heard himself be like, "Wait, am I, I about to?" Say, I felt like he was saying in his head, "Am I about to tell everybody that it's okay to pick up and move around the world, but not divorce your husband?" Oh my god, I'm saying it. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, the more the thing he is justifying at the end of that is, if you get married. You're stuck forever, no matter what, because God wants to see you together. Mm. And if, again, it's more important to him that you follow that rule in his mind, then what if this person is actually physically hurting you or hurting your kids? Apparently, that's not the deal breaker. Mm -mm. That's not for in his mind, in his theology. That's fine. That's just boys is boys. Like, it's horrible. I mean, again, that sort of mentality... (sighs) has been the justification to allow abuse in relationships that so many women and other victims have spoken out against. And again, guys like this, and it's not a fringe dude. Yeah. Like, plenty of people think like this in churches that are far larger than this guy's, but that guy just said it out loud yeah. like that. Well, he's kind of fringe, but his opinions aren't necessarily fringe. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, just a wild thing to hear. Jesus Christ. Man. Um, this is an interesting lawsuit that American Atheists filed uh, back in April. They filed the lawsuit on behalf of a guy named Andrew Miller, who is a prisoner at the West Virginia Division of Corrections and Rehabilitation. Um, and basically, this guy's in prison. He, as far as I can tell, he deserved to be in prison. He oh. has a sentence of one to 10 years for breaking and entering. He got in prison in 2021. We talked about this guy when this happened. Um, and he's expected to be released uh, in April of 2025. This is assuming everything, like good behavior, all that stuff. Okay. But that means if he has a long sentence, being a quote-unquote good inmate has an impact, a direct impact, on how soon he will be allowed to get out of prison. So, it turns out, he also has to go through a substance abuse treatment program for other reasons. The AA guy? Yes, in a way. Pilot? Um, uh, No, different dude. So, this guy, uh, he's in a program to do substance abuse treatment. Okay. He needed to take it. He accepts that. And the thing is, he's in this program willingly. um, And if he wants to be granted parole, he has to go through this six to 12-month program. 
and he's fine with that. Okay. He's going through the program. Well, as he's going through the program, he realizes this is a super religious program. Mm. It included the Lord's Prayer. It included the Serenity Prayer, mm-hmm. like God grant me the wisdom, all that stuff. It includes the 12 Steps, which is all about a higher power, giving yourself over to a higher power. Here's a quote directly from their handbook. For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, Hmm. a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Whatever. It's just God stuff. So this guy, Miller, he was told he has to go through this program. You want a chance of getting out early? You've got to go through this program. He basically writes letters to the commissioner uh, and all this of the program saying, like, I can't do this. I'm not religious. It's it's. I'm using yeah. the word. It's offensive to me. Like, I can't do this. Yeah. Um, I'm happy to go through a secular and version of the program. Insincere. Best version totally. of it is it's insincere, which is yeah. just as bad, I'd think. Yep. And he's there, like, if, the, if religion is so important. Yeah. And if you want me to be honest and upstanding, I feel right. like, let me be honest with you Truly. and tell you, I don't believe in any of this stuff. Let me go through a secular alternative. Don't put me in a position where I'm going to have to lie to you to, yeah. to move forward I don't in this do process. That. And they basically say no to him over and over. Like, nope, you got to go through this program. No alternatives allowed, even though those exist. Uh-huh. And they wouldn't do it. So now American Atheist, a few months ago, they cite took up this case. A re- Did it ever escalate or was it nope. just this one guy? I mean, whoever he talked to said no. Got it. Okay. He uh, challenged the denials. Mm. Didn't go anywhere. He doesn't like lawyered up. And not really. Not until recently. He was, by the way, I should say this is important. Mm. He had three separate parole board meetings okay. where the parole board gets to see how you're doing. Yeah. Three times since this controversy began, uh-huh. and every time they said, well, you didn't complete the religious program, and that's the biggest factor, so you're still in prison, buddy. Dang. Three different times that has already happened. That's devastating. So, so recently, American Atheists took up this case, mm-hmm. basically saying you can't force this guy to go through a religious program. And here's the thing. It wasn't like he was making a complicated request. He wasn't saying, I'm not going through any substance right. abuse treatment program. A Christian inmate should not have to adopt Islam to get out of prison sooner. An atheist inmate shouldn't have to pretend to be Christian for the parole board to deem him worthy of freedom, right? So the good news is that a judge this week or, or recently issued a preliminary injunction in the matter, basically saying, uh, we need to do this right now. Good. You cannot factor in this treatment program when you're considering this guy's parole. Good. They're not saying anything more than that. The reason it's preliminary injunction, not a full final ruling, is because they need to have an answer to this shit now. Because in six to 12 months, he's going to have another parole board meeting. He wouldn't be able to complete a secular treatment program before then. Right. So the judge is saying, look, next time the parole board sees you, mm-hmm. they cannot consider this your your completion of a treatment program or not. That cannot be a factor. That's what the judge has ruled. Okay. But also the judge said, plenty of other states with similar programs have faced similar lawsuits. The courts have unanimously agreed the religious content of those programs were unconstitutional. This program is no less religious or coercive than the ones that have already been struck down. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the judge said if this case were to proceed through the courts, this guy would likely win the case. And if action isn't taken immediately, he would be likely to suffer irreparable harm. I was going to say, I bet the big scramble right now is I'm sure there is going to be a lawsuit of 
you denied me parole twice on the gr- on religious grounds, and that could be a very serious financial burden on the prison. That too, yeah. I mean, I'm going through this lawsuit reading... I'm sorry, I'm going through the ruling, and the uh-huh. judge, like, in a very ju- judicial sort of way, did not... Uh, he didn't hold back. Just reading through mm-hmm. this. The factual allegations contained in the complaint, if true, shows that the state of West Virginia has coerced plaintiff into religious exercise. In sum, the evidence before the court wholly supports his allegations that the defendants have substantially burdened his protected religious exercise. Um, This guy has shown as an unreasonable encroachment on his First Amendment rights because he has shown a clear likelihood of a constitutional violation. I mean, it goes on like this for a while. The judge is like, this guy is right about everything he's saying. The prison is so not. Yeah. And so so now here's the question. What's going to happen? Yes, he could complete a secular treatment program, which he always offered to do. The parole board could just ignore the religious program, which is what the judge is making them do for now. It doesn't mean the guy's going to go free necessarily, Mm. but that if he's not freed, Mm -hmm. it's not because he's not completing this program, which is as it should be. Well, and what's uh, there's recently an episode of the podcast Criminal where they she uh, covered um, prison newsletters, which is super, super interesting. But one thing, one subject that they brought up that they bring up in these papers a lot is sort of the the vagueness of the parolee, the paroling process. They really don't From my understanding of what I heard, it's so veiled in secrecy that I think it will be hard for them to say they can't they won't say, well, yeah, we told them he couldn't do it because of this religious reason. I don't think they're required to disclose why they made the decisions. Um, so hopefully maybe this will shed light on, on that fact. Cause I hope so. God, the prison system is so fucked. I mean, I know, I know that's with like all the, problems the coldest that are... take in <laughs> history, but Jesus, with the all more the problems in the prison system, this shouldn't be one of them. This should be an Truly. easy win for everybody. It's these unforced errors that really are going to bring them down the right. I mean, <laughs> they're just pushing too hard. I think. I this hope. was an interesting article in NPR. Uh, this is by Scott Newman. He published an article about how evangelical megachurches were getting larger, even while the trend overall is that churches are losing attendance left and right. Mm. But megachurches, evangelical megachurches, seem to be getting larger. And basically this article for NPR is like, why are evangelical megachurches getting larger? What are they doing, quote unquote, right? It's probably really fun. Well, that's kind of what right? he got at. Just to give I'd you go some... to a dope concert every Sunday. <laughs> Just to give you some numbers here. Um, the average Christian congregation is in decline with just 65 members, about a third of whom are 65 or older. That's according to a wow. 2020 pre-pandemic third. survey. Yep. Wow. By contrast, a 2020 study, a separate one, found that three quarters of megachurches were growing, many at a rapid clip. Hmm. Okay, so if you read this article... Like, the no surprise here, they talked about the thing you just said, which is they use their scale to draw in younger members. They give you in-person community. They offer barbecues, pizza nights, child nights, care. Child care. They're casual enough that you can wear, like, flip-flops and casual clothing to church. Coffee is a given. They're fun. Listen, I back in the I Sold My Soul days, like, yeah. I went to a bunch of those types of churches, and it's like, if I believed in the bullshit... This is totally where I would go to. Well, and because they're they're exciting, they're and fun. Going, I, I read a tweet or whatever that stuck with me of 
for the longest time, I thought the spirit of Jesus was moving me and uh-huh. my mega church, but I, I just really like live music. <laughs> like, cause that you right? get that feeling when you listen to live music and everyone's and the, together and everyone knows all the words. Yeah. Is there anything better? And the music is good. The music is If fine. you're into that sort of thing. So here's the thing. One of the, the article itself focused on one mega church in particular that was willing to speak to the reporter. It was called Liquid Church. Cause like, I don't know, baptism water church is too weird. Ew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So liquid church. Liquid church? church? Absolutely not. Absolutely not, They appeal to young people. And here's the thing. When you read the article, like, you won't hear any fire and brimstone sermons there. You'll basically hear, like, a Jesus-infused TED Talk. Um, And the church will keep you occupied the rest of the week doing all the quote-unquote fun stuff. They're... Visuals look great. The yeah. videos look great online, and et cetera. And my understanding of parenting young children is uh-huh. it's 95% just occupying their time, uh-huh. um, which I know because I'm a professional aunt to my niece and nephew. <laughs> and even I, I have a hard time filling up like 48 hours with them. Uh-huh. But you drop them off at that fucking church in the morning. It's like the mall in the 80s. They oh, have yeah. shit to do all day that day. Yes. And here's the part. The reason I wanted to talk about this is because there was one pa- passage in the piece because uh, it was talking about how churches are attracting all these younger people, especially. And one theory here by Liquid Church was that one reason they're able to draw in so many young people is they don't do politics. Here's the passage. Liquid well, Church. incredibly uh, privileged slogan. <laughs> Liquid Church also steers clear of politics, Pastor Tim Lucas says. That's common in most megachurches because they are more diverse, according to a professor. The vast majority of them. Diverse this with is, quotes hang on, This is according it. to the professor. The vast majority of them have nothing to do with politics, said this professor. Which, you brought it up. It's like, yeah, privileged thing to say. You don't do politics. Yeah. Which, like, yeah, as if people of color can avoid politics. Right. But the thing is, that's a lie, though. What do you mean you steer clear of politics? Here's what I think he meant. I'm trying to give you a best-case scenario here for this dude. The best-case interpretation, right? I think this pastor thinks his church steers clear of politics because they don't endorse candidates. You won't hear Republican or Democrat from the pulpit. Pastors do not openly demonize people they disagree with on these issues. Mm. But the thing is, do you think for a second they don't have a stance on marriage equality? Of course. They do have a stance on it. I looked it up. They believe God wants, and I'm quoting here, one man, one woman, one marriage, one sex partner, one flesh for one lifetime. Gross. That's very anti-gay. Yeah. That's certainly anti-trans yep. uh, in there. So, like, they do play politics when it comes to that, even if they're not saying, let's they go out. They don't think that's politics. They don't think that's politics. They actually had an older sermon that I found online called The Gay Debate. And this is from Tim Lucas himself. The gay bait. Nope, <laughs> nope, 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 nope. You're getting canceled. Uh, it was this, <laughs> he basically said acting on homosexuality is a sin. And then he just added in, but aren't we all sinners? That is you know? the worst one. That is the worst. Well, we're all sinners. Well, then why don't you try to outlaw your fucking self, yeah, But the bag. sermon was called the gay debate. Not all the, <laughs> uh, like it wasn't all the other sins, buddy. By the way, in two thousand five, the same dude and his liquid church was oh, in a God, separate stop saying it. Nope, I'm gonna repeat it like the word <sighs> moist church. Ugh. Um it appeared they appeared in a New York Times article about how gay people didn't usually trust Christians. But this dude and his church showed up at a pride event and they were doing one of those things where we're like, We're sorry for all the harm, you know, roll your eyes, yes. I did. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
And the thing is, they were saying, like, we don't hate you. We love you. We are sorry for all the ways Christians have hurt you. It's like, you're the... No, don't get it twisted. We think you're sinners. Yes, yes, exactly. And the piece even noted that Liquid Church, quote, is part of a conservative Baptist church that considers homosexuality a sin. Like, you're the problem. And the thing is, don't say you don't play politics. All of this is politics. And you absolutely take a position on this stuff if... There, I mean, look, just because the same... so infuriating. It's so it, infuriating. If you attend that church, you are going to come away with a clear position on how God wants you to vote. You think they don't take a position on abortion and so abortion jealous. rights? They may not brag about it on stage, but I promise you if they're steering you to vote for a Republican, like, that's not avoiding politics just because you don't say that out loud. We could do this with trans rights, abortion rights, sex ed. Name the culture war issue. I promise you they have a firm position on it, even if they try to hide it from the public. Uh, Last week, I had the immense privilege to interview uh, Dr. Nicole Hammer um, from Vanderbilt. Uh, who is a 20th century history um, professor uh, specializing in the conservative movement gang. It was a dope interview. And at one point I was like, but why would they do this and then say this and then be this? And she said, you cannot get caught up on the logic. <laughs> and I need to get that tattooed on my mm-hmm. fucking forehead because it, because I will make myself insane. It, it is making me internally go bananas because I'm like, y'all, you can't say everyone is a sinner and then act like homosexuality is a greater. It's very like, like all, all animals are equal, but some are more equal than others. It feels like that. And I'm just like, I hear Dr. Hammer's voice in my head saying you can't get hung up on the logic of it because it's just whatever is convenient and expeditious at that moment. I saw a website earlier today and I was mad at the article they posted. And I'm like, I've never heard of this website before. Like they're, they're publishing articles ostensibly about news stories and stuff and then i looked at the about like what is this site that i've never heard of and the thing they said on there is we're a non-partisan website oh yeah and every time anyone says like we're non-partisan we're one of those like third libertarian (laughs) we're one of those like political parties that does not take left or right positions Mm -hmm. it's like every single time they pretend like they're centrist or in the middle and then the second you dig deep down into oh, their actual yeah. beliefs, they're always Republican. Always, they're always conservative. Always, always. <laughs> like these, that's what these mega churches are doing. Like Tim Lucas thinks his church is not political. And I don't even want to pick on this guy because it's not, but he's not you unique. Don't... They're all doing this. They say they're not political, but their views always align with conservative Christianity, the Republican Party. And even if they don't say out loud yeah. from stage, like, I need you all to go vote for this dude. It's Do you there. think the problem is um, a use of terms? Like we, un- maybe they, I don't know why I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt, but like, do they think quote unquote political means literally like proposition X and this is an I amendment think, as opposed yeah. to the fact that politics are part of every part of our lives, especially if you aren't obscenely wealthy. For example, they will talk, I, I'm spitballing here, but they will talk about like, we need to get over our there there are race, there's racial inequality in this country jesus can help us bridge that gap and we, we can move come past together, it when and we, we can come, come together. together that to him is not playing politics mm-hmm. and yet it's like well who do you think is causing the problem here who's fighting against fixing that gap yeah. and that's the thing like he may not spend all of his time talking about these topics but implicitly the the message is all there. And the thing is, all these people who say, we don't talk about politics in our church, 
Like, you'll never hear them with sermons supporting LGBTQ rights and abortion rights and gun safety and access to, like, controversial books or anything right-wing politicians oppose. Like, they're always on the conservative side of these issues. Or truly any cause that is not uh, uh, beneficial to them personally. They will Mm -hmm. not champion it. So they're just lying about what their church represents. Like good Christians do. Yes, like good Christians do. Um. This is an interesting thing that I did not know happened, and the fact that I didn't know it happened makes me think it's a bigger story than that. The Congressional Free Thought Caucus, which is the caucus of now 17 members Uh in Congress that support atheists, support church-state separation, reason-based policies, they got two new members. Like, it was 15. It's now 17 members. They got two new members. They're both Democrats, because all 17 are Democrats. One of them's uh, Kevin Mullen, a a representative from California in his first term. The other, which did surprise me, and I think I was the first to break this story, Jan Schakowsky of Illinois, who is not just um, a long term. She's been in the House since 1999. She's like House leadership. She's the chief deputy. What district is she? She, I don't know, one of the north suburbs, something, something. Schakowsky. Schakowsky. Um, But basically, both of she's Jewish, by the way. Mullen is Catholic. Doesn't matter. They both support church-state separation. Right. Um, But the thing is, they have now 17 members. I guarantee if I told you these names are part of the uh, Congressional Free Thought Caucus. Most people would be like, I mean, if you've heard of this CFC, mm-hmm. which most people have not, I think most people would be like, I didn't know that person was a member. Like, I would think if, like, Christian right politicians were genuinely mad about this, uh-huh. they would be, like, launching a giant campaign against all these people. But I think it's so under the radar and no one cares that, like, even though this caucus is technically affiliated with like atheists Mm -hmm. and supporting atheists and uh, discrimination against them, protecting atheists from discrimination and like supporting true religious freedom. It seems like red meat for the Fox news crowd. And yet you have Democrats joining this caucus and it's never a news story anymore. It really is interesting. I, I, I think it's so fascinating because, you know, I've been, we've been working together for such a long time and it's really it's. It used to be a huge deal. It when used to be a massive this, deal. It, a it deal. used to be a pain point. It used to be like a weak point, and it truly. I I, I cannot think of the last time somebody in good faith criticized somebody else for not being the correct religion. Yeah, and to be clear, in good seven, faith is doing a lot of seventeen members of the Congressional Free Thought Caucus. Only one, Jared Huffman of California, who's one of the founders. Mm. Only he's the humanist on board. And uh, right. Jamie Raskin is like small H humanist, whatever mm. he wants to call himself. But everyone else there is religious. Doesn't matter. That's sure. all well and good. Um, I'm glad they're a part of the caucus. I'm mad more Democrats are not in the caucus. But the fact that these people will join yeah. and running for re-election, they're not heading out the door. And they're not afraid because it's not going to hurt them. Yeah. Or they're, they've taken that calculation that being a part of this caucus will not hurt my re-election chances. chances. Um, at least Mullen in California, he mm-hmm. did not like win a blowout election. Sure. So it's oh, like, good point. Uh, the fact that he's joining this openly mm. is like, good for you. I'm glad you're doing it. And that's I'm impressive. glad you feel secure that this is not going to hurt you. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's um, great. And I can't wait till one day when you explain to me what exactly a caucus is. Yes. It's a group of people that if they have enough leverage, they can get together and say, you know what? This legislation is important that we're going to say 
we are all voting one way on this. Mm. And if you don't do what we need, mm-hmm. oh, we're all going to vote no. Oh, it's an alliance like on Survivor. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Thank you for the reference. I understand. Okay. Oh, my God. I cannot wait to tell you about this show that I want to tell you Bonus. about. It's called Siren. Whoo, you're going to love it. Okay. One last story for you. This one um, has some uh, trigger warning type of stuff about abuse. So I'm going to put that out there first. Okay. So I'll um, just step away? Yeah. But I want to share the story because it's, it's disturbing. Here's the, I'm going to tell you a case of a guy named Mikein Micah Carter. By the way, the Jan uh, uh, congressperson, she's my brother and sister-in-law's representative. There I just found out. So this guy Carter, he ran a church in Washington in a city. It's called the Together Church. Um, the congregation grew. They made people feel welcome, supposedly. They did, ran this place for a while. Again, Pastor Carter. But according to a woman named Mary Jones, who worked there for seven years as an assistant to Carter, uh, she said the church saved her life. But then this Pastor Carter began making sexual advances toward her. He grabbed her. She said later um, that uh, Carter raped her. Um, I'm not going to go into the details there, but that's what she said. And then four days after that attack, guess what Pastor Carter does? He says he's going to step down from the church because he participated in, quote, an inappropriate incident that he blamed on having bipolar disorder. That was his excuse. He's like, I need to leave. I did something bad because I have bipolar disorder. And um, that was... Hey, bud, your disease isn't your fault, but it's your responsibility. Mm. So he, I will say, he denies the allegations and he has sued the woman for defamation. That case is still ongoing. But here's where it gets interesting then. Well, in terms of this story. Uh, later that year... He joined the staff of Church of the Highlands in Birmingham, Alabama, the state's largest church. He just, he stepped down from his Washington church. Okay. And then months later shows up at this Alabama church. The congregation there, the 50,000 people. 50,000? Yep, over 22 campuses. They were never told why his family moved across the country. And in fact... In mid-2020, when he gave his first sermon in front of the megachurch, the pastor there, whose name was Chris Hodges, introduced him to the congregation without mentioning anything about the sexual assault allegations. He only said he this guy pastored previously and that his wife was in remission after being diagnosed with cancer. Hodges even said in that introduction, you know, I'm a teacher, but you're getting ready to hear a preacher. Like, just playing him up for the I mean, crowd, right? it rhymes, so yes. it must be true. yes. Like, the only way that would have been forgivable is if Hodges, the runner, the guy who runs this megachurch, knew absolutely nothing about Carter's past, right? Except after Mary Jones, the victim in this case, uh-huh. she actually wrote a post saying, this is what this guy did to me. She Poor did that girl. in 2021 after this guy joined the Alabama church. And then guess what Church of the Highlands does in Alabama? They say, hey, you guys, Pastor Carter's resigning. Oh. And in their... Statement, here's what they said. In 2019, Pastor Carter, uh, his pastoral overseers from Washington asked our church to assist them in directing a ministerial restoration process for him. Mm. Highlands agreed to do so. And since then, Mm -hmm. we have been working with him and his family. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Recently... His family. Yeah. Recently, our church, Highlands... Uh, received correspondence raising new allegations about events that occurred over two years ago in Washington State. When we shared this information with the Carters, they resigned from their positions on staff to work through these issues themselves. Highlands is no longer involved in the restoration process. 
Let me re- let me break that down for Sorry, a second. I didn't hear the part where they um, call the cops. Yeah, no. Um, basically, they're saying we were here to help this guy restore himself. So they had to know in 2019 when they brought him on why he needed restoration, right? Like, we were here to help him out. So is he denying that he knew beforehand, or is he saying... Hodges, the guy who runs the big church? Yeah, or is he saying, once we found out, we decided to work with him? No, no, no. They said in 2019... This church in Washington state said, hey, can you help out our pastor? He's going through some stuff. And we said, yes, we can. We're a big church. We're going to help this guy through a restoration process, which means they knew he needed help with something. But we don't necessarily know what. Well, they didn't say that. I mean, again, I don't know how you say, like, if you say, I have an addiction and I need help, and someone says, well, you know what? We are here to help you with your addiction. At some point, don't you have to tell them what you are addicted to? Yeah. And so if this guy needs restoration, I'm sure there has to be a reason he needs it. And Highlands, this big church, said we will help him out. But now, this is according to the church's statement, now we've received new allegations oh, about these events. new and, ones. And when we shared this with Pastor Carter, they all resigned and now we're out of the game. Okay, whatever. Like, they knew he did something, right? But the thing is, even knowing he did something and presumably knowing a little bit about the allegations, they let this guy work at their big mega church in Alabama for two years, never telling anybody what he was accused of. He was probably in contact with women, probably in contact with children. No one knew about his past. So the idea is, oh, we're taking him in, we're rehabilitating him, mm-hmm. but what they did was just but we didn't tell anybody. him back into the world and they assume... He's going to be fine? Yeah. I mean, as far as the congregation knows, we don't know what this guy needed help with. Um, There's no mention, even after he resigned, the church didn't say anything about Mary Jones. There was no mention of a rape allegation. There was no mention of anything that might have been useful information for the church. Like, for all they knew, he had some addiction and needed some time to recover, and that's why he was in Alabama. Right? So that's Jesus. how Chris Hodges, the church, the megachurch leader, that's how he handled the restoration of a pastor accused of sexual assault. Are you with me there? Mm-hmm. Okay. By the way, Hodges himself, the leader of this megachurch, is not clean either. Oh, you don't say. In 2020, on Twitter, he liked a bunch of racist and conspiratorial posts, uh, which people sure. found, and they're like, why are you liking this? Um, he also has close ties with the Hobby Lobby founders that stole all those artifacts. Um, Hobby Lobby founders also donated $20 million for two dorms at a college run by the church. None of those things are Why criminal. don't go to Hobby Lobby, gang. None of those things are criminal, but like his resume is just bad decision after bad decision. So wait, wait. So why am I bringing all this up? Why are you bringing because all this up? Because <laughs> Hodges recently launched something. This is the leader of the megachurch. Mm-hmm. He just launched... The Lodge at Grant's Mill, which the sounds Lodge fancy. Is a really good horror movie. What is this place? It is a four point five million dollar building. Four point five million dollar yep. building. Where great, pastors, great, 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 where great, pastors great. who have committed some sort of grievous sin can make things right again. It's a rehab <laughs> facility. It's a rehab facility for pastors who have been basically convicted of doing some shit. It's white collar jail. Mm-hmm. It's like fucking. Club Med, but for pastors. And 
And so Jesus Christ. And I just sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. Before you continue, yes. four point five million thing. I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering how much money they put towards the victims uh, and their rehabilitation. Oh, I, I haven't. I have that number for oh, you. Okay, could I? It's let me zero. write it down. It's zero. Zero. You yeah. say. So here's the thing. Huh? Uh, it's almost like they <laughs> value the uh, lie. The they value the livelihood of their clergy members more than the life this, of. Women and victims. And this other guy, victims. Hodges, he found a business model for pastors who want to be able to say, like, I just got accused of some shit, but, like, I need a job. So, like, can I just come to Christian Rehab over here, have you guys do some mumbo-jumbo for a couple months at, like, this resort facility, and then in a couple months, I can just go back and say, you guys, I'm fixed. Let me come back to church. I got my job back. A reporter for AL.com spoke with a lot of people close to the church who are, like, raising a lot of red flags about mm. this place because... What? Because what? What red flags could I know. there be, Hemant? Uh, here's a former employee and member of Church of the Highlands who's like, my biggest concern is, are they being transparent with the congregation and staff about who's coming there? Because, like, let's say someone was accused of sexual assault. Are you telling people in the congregation, oh. like, that this person was accused of this? Because part of their rehab is... Give, like letting them preach and putting them back. Ar- are they around? Excuse you? Yeah. Part of their rehab is just working? Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's the question, right? Are they preaching? Are they leading small groups? Do people, if they are, because part of rehab is like, are you able to send, are you ever able to deliver the message of Jesus? Well, that requires like the victims in the circle to be around there, right? The church members. And it's like, well, do any of them know why this preacher is sent to Christian rehab? Because if they don't, like, they deserve to know. And the thing is... Because they're going to come back and be like, oh, I was on sabbatical in Italy doing this. Like, they don't have to tell them where they were. And the thing is, the people that that person, the pastor who's accused of some shit, who's that person's in contact with, if they don't know why that person is there, you're kind of just putting a dangerous person among people who have no idea why that person's dangerous. And the thing is... The whole thing Hodges is selling is yeah. this Christian resort. He's like, well, of course we're not going to tell people who's here of or why not, they're because here. Because we have to respect their privacy. That's what really matters. So this is what the person said, the former employee. My biggest concern is, are they being transparent with the congregation and staff about who will be at Lodge? No. How often would the pastors undergoing restoration be around other people? Are they teaching? Are they leading small groups? Are they dangerous? Like, if they're <laughs> restoring pastors who are struggling in their lives with something like depression or suicidal thoughts... That's admirable, but we don't know. I feel like the people who are at Highlands, the megachurch, mm. deserve to know who's there with them. Like if Josh Duggar, famously, after he was, um, after he uh, molested his sisters and that news got out, uh-huh. you may recall that his dad said, "Don't worry, we're sending him to like a Christian rehab." Oh, was that here? Place that was not here. Oh, it didn't exist at the time. But like the thing is, you're not sending him to like a rehab place. You're sending him to like a Christian of rehab. Course. Where, like, a few months later, he said, all right, I'm better now. Right. And that was before he got arrested yeah, for the Yeah, I really got right with now. Jesus. And so what happens if someone like that shows up at this place? Do you want Josh Duggar around your kids? Oh, Why no. do you want these other pastors around your kids? I don't. And by the way, are there licensed therapists and psychologists and other professionals working with these preachers who are sent to Christian rehab? Or is it just, if you say Jesus as much as Ron DeSantis says woke, then you're back in the game. It's mm. all good. And by the way, for someone like Carter, the guy who ended up getting restored by yeah. this church, like, what would his diagnosis even be 
Like, do they understand? They can't diagnose. That's like, not diagno- diagnosing well, how would, requires How would Hodges knowledge. diagnose this guy? Like, do they understand that a pastor who had an affair with a church member, like, are they going to say that's what he did? Because do they know that that's different from him actually physically, sexually abusing somebody, mm. which is what he is alleged of, uh, uh, accused of doing? So like, you... that's not an affair, which is what they okay. might categorize this so as. So you're afraid they're going to downplay and, yes. and sort of go on the assumption of any kind of sexual contact is wrong, so it doesn't matter if it's, it's a rape same. versus it's an, an, a consensual affair. Yep. So when a pastor steps once, down... Once again, getting away with just being like, everything's sin, but we 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 know how to rank the sins, right. but you don't. You're not allowed to rank. The and we sins. have a bunch of potentially unqualified people here who are going to help you with the rehab. So when a pastor steps Christ, down from the pulpit, Scientology. Yeah, if they have emotional, if they committed emotional, sexual, or spiritual abuse, what that like you'll see the same game plan. They'll issue some vague apology to their congregation, say they're going through a restoration process for the problem they will not name, run by a Christian with some credibility because he runs a giant megachurch in the South. And what? And then go to a resort for a few months where they'll get who knows what treatment because if you go on their website right now, and I did, there's no information about what the rehab process consists of, what professionals are working there. And there's no, I mean, not and. Uh, clarifying, there's no oversight. So this mm-hmm. woman, this victim... Is just walking around the world having no idea, like, were there any consequences for this person? Probably right. not. Like, where is he now? Is he going to come back to Washington? Like, she is, there's absolutely going to be no consideration of the people he's harmed. And frankly, they don't care. And as soon as they show me that they care even, like, a tenth of the amount for the victims that they care for the perpetrators of this violence. As soon as they even try to care, maybe I will like say, yeah, do your little rehab shit. But this is nonsense. This is them hiding everything under a stone long enough to, for it to die down. And then they can relocate the Mm -hmm. person. This is standard Catholic church bullshit. It's, we need, there need to be people who hold churches responsible. They're not little mini kingdoms. They're not little theocracies. They are in our country and beholden to our laws. And so the longer they keep pretending they have this internal little community of like, oh, don't tell the cops. We take care of mm-hmm. rape internally. This is, it's it's so far beyond the pale and it adds to the culture of rape isn't a real crime. And she was asking, it's fucking bullshit. And I'm so goddamn sick of how little they care about victims. I'm so fucking sick of it. When a reporter asked them to share details about the lodge, the restoration process, what kind of issues it intends to address, the representatives in 2022 and 2023 would not respond. Church leaders have not spoken publicly about what type of moral failures or personal issues they will address. How do pastors get accepted to this program? Are participants kept separate from the congregation in Alabama? Nope, won't answer that either. Like, there's, we don't know who's involved in therapy, what the timelines are. Why should anyone trust the outcomes Don't call it here? therapy. Don't call it therapy. Uh, therapy is real. Fair, what right. they're doing is bullshit. It's a Christian diploma mill for yes. Christians, pastors who just need to lay low for a while. That's exactly That's it. what this is. 
is. That's why it's disturbing because this megachurch is... And by the way, they're going to charge all these pastors money for coming there, maybe paid by who knows what. But this is a money-making operation for a megachurch yeah, that dog. will basically give a rubber stamp to pastors who should not be near a congregation. It's... Ooh. They don't care. Like, and that's something that I think everybody should always, always, always sit with and stick with and never, never, never forget. These things are happening all over the country. Can't believe belief in God is declining. Yeah. Oh, truly. My, I, there's a woman who I know is religious. Every time this shit comes up, I'm like, oh my God, it's so weird that church attendance is going down. I can't imagine why. Mm-hmm. Like, I am, it, it just, this it's it's just a company. It's just a fucking company that is there to make some people rich and prey on the weak. It's just, it's exhausting and truly... It, <sighs> so where do we find you? Are we done finally? Oh, we're I'm done. I'm so sweaty. We had to turn the <laughs> AC off in my house for this. And it was already... Our AC cannot keep up with this heat. It's been 90 degrees plus for a week, and I wish I was dead. Or as Arizona um, calls it, an ice age. You don't understand. We have humidity. <laughs> Listen, you motherfuckers. I have worked in 100 degree heat with 0% humidity. I will take that any day of the week over 70 degrees in 70% humidity. A reminder that if you're interested, I'm doing a live stream Friday night. We'll see how it goes. I have no idea. I'm going to try to it's do it all by myself. funny he schedules it Friday nights when I work Friday nights. Yes. It's that's... like he's threatened by my popularity. <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> Couldn't even say it. <laughs> Where do we find you? Um, I mean, I guess I'm, t- I'm not on Twitter. Like, I'm not off Twitter, but I deleted the That's app fair. because I kept, nice. like, reflexively opening it up. Did not know that was possible. You can. You can <laughs> just do whatever you want on your phone. You don't have to do I'm on threads. I hear. Are you? <laughs> I think I got signed up for Blue Sky, but I yeah. was confused by I'm it. At, I'm friendly.atheist on Instagram slash threads, which is not the name I wanted, but I'll take it. All right. Yeah. Uh, no, you can find I mean, us yeah, at patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Oh, it's to, my B Real. We're going to take a picture of my B Real. Go ahead. Nice. You can leave a review of us, Friendly Atheist Podcast. You can email us at friendly atheist podcast at gmail.com. And uh, hopefully, we'll be doing more of these shows soon. We're, yeah. we're coming up um, yeah. on episode number 500. Episodes. I know. We'll figure out something to do, maybe. Yeah, it's coming up in October, so I th- I'm thinking a meetup, and I'm wondering how mad people will be if we meet up in Naperville instead of Chicago, because yeah. it's just so much closer to <laughs> us. Um, boy, I think this is going to be a, uh, a barn burner of a uh, bonus episode, because I'm there's just a lot of things what that have happened about? to me. Obviously, Barbie. Uh-huh. Obviously, Oppenheimer. Um, I uh, became a uh, emergency vet. On Tuesday, which was fun. This is not bonus material stuff, but yesterday I had to go in to do animal care, which is like feeding turnout of all the horses. Again, 95 degrees. Oh, God. I was so sweaty and just literally had a cl- like a coat of uh, hay just covering my entire butt because I was so fucking sweaty and everything has hay all over it. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Sinead um, O'Connor we're talking about? Sinead O'Connor we're going to talk about. Um, I want to talk about my, uh, we, like I said, I watched my niece, niece and nephew, Maeve and Owen, they're uh, three and one. And Maeve kept calling me mean and I want to tell you that story because it broke my heart and it's also so stupid. Um, Sinead O'Connor, I have that weird Mitch McConnell thing. Did you see that yesterday? 
I, you mean on loop repeatedly? Yes. What the fuck was that? Did he have a tiny stroke, do you think? Yes. I don't know. Um, and the other thing is Siren, this show on Netflix that you are going to love. Um, and Heaven and I are going to top golf this weekend with, yeah, our, with our partners and some other friends. friends. Aren't you excited? All right. Too much in the bonus <laughs> episode. We'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye.